0: The 15th of February. Do you know what today is?
1: It's the day after VD Day.
0: Yeah. I, you like what I did I do. It I do funny. like what Even you did. Even EY that was, snickered. Yes, you did. Yes, no, did. it's not. It's not that. I'll give you another guess because Amanda's going to yell at me if, if we don't move this along. Yeah. Scott Wapner's, I think it's 55th birthday today. What? Double nickels. Holy, so you might want whilst, to, whilst I ramble on, holy. you might want to reach out and wish him a, a, a happy birthday. Wow. So happy birthday to I'm Scott Wapner. that right now. Number one. Number two, obviously the Knicks are a depleted team right now, but we're going to the all-star break. Then to get some people back that game in Houston the other night where they got rooked, not just with the last call, as you know, Dan, but the entire game ridiculous. That's a galvanizing game. Number two. Yeah. Number three, the Rangers play tonight. Original six matchup. Bill Hockman said, I said that last night. I did not. I don't think tonight at MSG Rangers, Canadians, Rangers have been playing well. I expect big things from them. I also expect thing, big things from the
1: market. Oh, because- there it is. There it is. Now, just because by the way, why is the market higher? because it's open because now, it's just, open. just as you know scott just got off the halftime report and i've been in a group Fine chat show with, i've been in a group chat with him all morning and you know mm-hmm. like like when you have like seven or eight people mm-hmm. there were some hbds going in there you but just i didn't see it i didn't see it i've been really busy and i've been running around and i didn't see it so i just texted I him hear so. and by all the all way time. just so you know i should know this he just said thanks brother i should know this because i think it was 10 years ago sure. our two families went skiing somewhere in connecticut or mass or something and we we're celebrating his birthday and i have it i should know this well it's i will tell you happy birthday Six thirty four. double
0: double nickels. six thirty four this morning i texted him happy double nickels all right let's do this thing yes let's do this thing yes let's do the rundown okay (laughs) because by the way oh i know what i wanted to say yeah if you're one of these people that just types hbd yeah you might as well gfy okay that's fine i just just did it
1: because we're doing a program
0: here dude okay so like, like people that Somebody passes away. Whoa. They they t- type. It's like really okay.
1: Well, I mean, listen, dude. I mean, mean, if
0: you can't take the extra nine seconds and type
1: "rest in peace," yes,
0: or "happy birthday," is yes. that will
1: become a society? Hey, listen. It's really nice to have you in the studio. I think it's the first time you and Put I've done market, m- market call together live. We've done uh, we, fast no, we've money. Done this- no, no, today, this week. I mean, oh, this week—that's yeah. true. Well, it's um, only Tuesday, so yeah. By the way, I am multitasking right now. I just fired up. I'm, I'm getting some tickets to Neil Young, May 14 at Forest Hills. That's mm. the old tennis center out there in Queens. It is a beautiful music venue. Ten years ago, I went to when they reopened it. It was Mumford and Sons. It was August. Oh, of I love Mumford and his sons. All right, it's let's one my do this favorite thing. Run down because listen, we got—we do have a lot going on. We have a holiday shortened week next week. We, we have what. I think it is going to be the Super Bowl for the stock market in Q1. That will be next Wednesday, February 21. Okay, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, S&P 500 to snap. It's 15-week winning streak, well, longest ever. Uh, that's uh, gonna, that's, uh, we'll the, jury's the jury's still out that, on that? jury's still out on that That is an one. editorial comment, uh, yeah. n- not a fact? Okay. Not yet it's not. Okay, I, you know, AD, I'm not but sure now, where listen, you're going with that. It could. S&P 500 could. could, could but that's, that.
0: what what do they call that? It's funny. Yes, was it yesterday, no, 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 that we semantics. had the thing about blowing up your four hundred one k. Yes, we did, and that wasn't our headline. No, we didn't make that up. That was Why, that, up, that was some, Forbes. Did we catch some scrap people said from it's that? clickbait? I, I didn't make this shit up. I well, mean, Forbes,
1: Forbes click, put it. So it. it's
0: Forbes clickbait. Okay, AI stocks soar. You know what else is new?
1: But okay. we'll talk about all these and then retail next week. Uh, so this is, I always yeah. find this part, we can get rid of the rundown now. I find this part interesting it, of imagine. earnings season. No, we just need, we need to be snappier here, people. I'm just, I love the, we had an amazing team and they do lots of things at once. Just like I am getting what Neil Young tickets back as here. I'm doing the, good. Yeah, we, we fixed some stuff up. We're going to get some better lighting here. Bill, Jake, our whole squad check it on is today. all over that. Um, but I think this period of earnings is really interesting because we've gotten through the bulk of financials. Mm-hmm. We've gotten through the bulk of technology. We know that there's one big one um, left. Okay. But then we get into retail and the retail is really interesting to me because it speaks to, I, I guess, the consumer. It speaks to what their sensibilities are relative to inflation, whether to wages, rather relative to all you know, uh, employment, all that sort of stuff. So we're going to hear some stuff. Hey, are we going to hear Walmart and Target blame whatever they have to blame on GLP-1s, on these obesity drugs and well, stuff like that? Well, I'm just saying that's an interesting sort of thing. So I'm really interested in the earnings next week, Guy. As you should be. And listen, without question,
0: in terms of what I think NVIDIA means to the market, I saw Sarah Eisen, I think, earlier today on CNBC saying that for some people, NVIDIA is more important than the CPI data. And you know what? I think she makes a very fair point, You know, given the run that the stock has had. And given the importance it has, I think to the broader market. So we'll see. Right. I am fascinated to see. And I was—I read a lot of different Twitter accounts. Apparently, technically, you know, Nvidia has done something that historic. Like ninety-nine percent of the time, stocks don't do. It's traded above, sort of, some sort of moving average and whatever. I yeah. should find the well, tweet. Let's find the tweet. But it's fascinating to see the these tweet.
1: superlatives around this yeah. name. All right. Um, that being said, you mentioned the CPI, the market's reaction, the immediate reaction, we covered it on Tuesday, was that yields were rallying mm-hmm. pretty aggressively. Stocks sold off pre- fairly aggressively. In your mind, let's pull up the S&P 500. Let's just kind of pull up this last trading week or so. Like heading into the CPI print, um, we were at all-time highs. Okay, look at that. We filled in most of that gap. Yeah. Um, let's pull up the one-year chart of the S&P 500. You can see that you know the day of CPI, um, we were at an all time high, you saw that gap, it got right to that uptrend, you can see it, we detailed it yesterday, you see how far above that 200 day moving averages. We talked about it earlier in the week. I think it was Peter book bar and uh, Doug Cass. It kind of highlighted the fact mm-hmm. that back in July at the S and P highs, we were about 11% above that 200 day. We were the same uh, percentage. I think um, the other day or a little more or so. So guy, how do we make sense of this? Because to me, I just don't know. And, and actually um, CQ, your boy, Carl Keaton. Yeah. He is, he is a machine on the Twitter. He I mean, is he's given he, us all he our cuts
0: and pastes and stuff. Yeah, he like, does a lot of stuff yeah. like that.
1: Um, but you know, he had a note out this morning or a tweet or whatever you want to call it. Look at that right there. You can just say it. Okay. Go through that thing for me.
0: This is JP Morgan yeah. saying again, you know, we are basically the upside is limited from here, given all the headwinds they see without question. I mean, the figure one implied equity allocation by non-bank investors global. You see where we are. I mean, you're getting i want to say probably a little extended there, so there are a lot of things again to be concerned about. The problem, of course, is all the things we bring up and all the things other people bring up seemingly on a daily basis it don't matter not yet, you know not yet, and Liz talked about that earlier, I think on Monday or Tuesday, where you know things right now seemingly don't matter, which is should be extraordinarily concerning for people because if the market's just on autopilot right now, yeah. all it takes is something to happen where all these things then start to sort
1: of come home to roost at once. Yeah. And, and that's why, again, we can't put too fine a point on one stock that's gained nearly a trillion dollars of market cap in the last six mm-hmm. or seven weeks. And, and it's really dragged up so many other parts of the technology, uh, you know, market, you know, infrastructure with it, why that's going to be um, very important. And then you start seeing all these folks posting these, you know, chart comparisons of Cisco 99, 2000 and what happened after that. Um, we'll, we'll get to Nvidia um, in a second here, but um you know, a guy, uh, let's pull up the Russell. If we could do that for a second. We spent some time earlier in the week talking about how it finally joined the party or got back up to, it's actually you know, having a, a good day today. It's having a good day today. Um, you know, it's kind of gotten back a lot of those losses. Look at the volatility just in the last week or so, and we've highlighted the range that it's been in for the last 18 months or so, I think a lot of folks who are bullish on the stock market would like to see a breakout of that range because as we talk about the S&P, as we talk about the NASDAQ, we talk about their ability to make material moves higher, especially after the 20-some percent that they've rallied over the last few months, it's going to be harder to get big gains from that. Where it might not be harder, we've highlighted this on many occasions, is playing for a breakout in something like this. The entire market cap of the Russell 2000 of small caps is that of Microsoft?
0: It, well, it, it's pretty remarkable. 205, if you want to look at the IWM, I think that's what we have up now. Yeah, 205 is the level. You close above 205-ish, then we can start having a conversation. It's obviously about 202.60 or so right now. That's been resistance a number of times over the last couple of years. I'm surprised by the, str- it's interesting, I'm surprised by the relative strength of the Russell today. I'm not really sure what it's on the back of, but my sense is Probably a lot of these small and regional banks are catching yes. a bid on the back of some of these other larger banks catching a bid. So we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of day left. There's a lot of time left.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's let's kind of flash forward a little bit. Retail sales. Um, you know, there was a decline in January, um, and this is an advanced retail sales number. And this kind of goes back to what this was talking about yesterday too. It's like maybe the macro um, doesn't matter. So on a day like today, where you mm-hmm. see the S and P continuing this multi move, these are just things that you probably want to keep um, an eye on. Um, and then this highlights initial claims for unemployment insurance totaled two hundred twelve thousand for the week ended February tenth a decline of 8,000 from the previous week. So we have this push and pull, right, between really strong um, employment data, pretty decent wage growth. We can talk about the fact that wages, you know, in January, you know, year over year, were up four and a half percent versus inflation that was up 3.1 percent. That spread might be OK. We were talking about what are the things that could keep this economy chugging along despite the fact that inflation firmed up or at least the declines year over year and, you know what I mean? Have, have basically yeah. stopped. But if we have wages continually go higher, that keeps the Fed on the sidelines. guys. Yeah,
0: it should. Right. I mean, one would think, but you know, there's so much, so much of this rally over the last few months has been predicated on the fact that, Hey, they're going to move this yeah. year at some yeah. point. And once they move, they're going to move in a, in a, basically in a very established, um, a very disciplined fashion. They're not going to stop. I guess is what I'm trying to yeah. say. We'll see how that plays out. The one name I want to look at, though, in terms of earnings, I think it's important is Home Depot. Now, you know, they report on the 20th of next, so that's Tuesday. next week, Tuesday of next week. I mean, here's a stock that, you know, it's had a decent little run of late. I want to say, and I totally get it. I mean, a lot of things bottomed in November. A lot of things have bounced. The question is, does this make sense in terms of valuation? You talking about a company with maybe. You know, mid single digits earnings growth, mid single digits revenue growth. In terms of valuation, it might be getting a little extended here. Now, it doesn't mean it can't surprise the upside, but if fundamentals do matter, you know, this run we've had since November has to be taken into consideration. And I think Home Depot has to say something remarkable if you want to do a longer term chart to get this thing moving even more so to the upside. I
1: mean, just amazing. And October is making new 52 yeah. week lows. It was below, you know, 200. Um, yeah, $280. And here we are at 360. It's just pretty astounding. And if you look at this thing, they showed a little little bit of an uptrend there. It's really been consolidating over the last mm-hmm. couple of months or so. So when you talk about, you know, valuation, I mean, this is one that is always traded at a premium to its peers, specifically Lowe's, but also many of the other like kind of big box retailers trading about 24 times, you know, this past year, 23 times forward expected to grow earnings, you know, mid single digits or something like that. I mean, listen, there, there is a trend that we might kind of see unfolding a little bit is that as people are not moving out of their very low mortgage rates. Maybe they start fixing things up and and, and that like, and it's keeping home prices guy artificially high, yeah. which again is keeping a, a really, it's it's making the feds job that much harder because if you look at the S and P at 5,000, you look at houses, ho- home prices, where they are, or whatever, the supply demand dynamics going on, it's not making the feds job. No, none easier.
0: of it's making, And it's, you know, it's anecdotally, my wife got a knock on the door. She was working from home the other day by a realtor. And this has never, we've been in the house for almost 25 years, knocking on a door, asking if we'd be interested in selling our house. Wow. So that's, again, I'm just saying, but that's where this housing market has gotten to in terms of supply, just not being there. So that's interesting. Quickly about Home Depot, Cowan had a note out, I think it was yesterday, they favor Home Depot over Lowe's. They did the entire thing in the home improvement and furnishing space. I guess we can put it in the show notes if you're interested. Yeah. The only reason I pointed it out is because, again- Here's a stock that's had a great run. Valuation, it's you know it's stretched versus the broader market. It's probably in line historically where it trades. But this is a company where you're starting to see declining earnings growth and declining revenue growth year over year. I mean, it's just something to take into consideration. Yeah,
1: uh, here's one that I think is is almost more interesting to me, guy, and it's Walmart. So, so next week, um, Monday is closed for Presidents' uh, Day, and seven a.m. on Tuesday morning, you're gonna wake Bang. up and you're gonna hear Walmart reporting. Now, look at this: the stock was at an all-time high when they reported their last quarter. It gap from the current levels where it is about one seventy or so down below one. 60 kept on going for another few weeks, got as low as 150. Here we are, you know, right like back. and you know, at the time, you and I thought some of the things that they had to say, it was like some Walmart specific stuff, it was some some broader kind of macro sort of stuff. We've been talking about this this lower-end consumer trading down, it feels like for a couple of years um or so, especially as some of the COVID kind of fiscal stimulus was wearing off a little bit. But look at this thing: 150. Back to 170, not only did it fill in the gap, but it kind of made a brief new all-time high. Here's a stock trading at about 23 times, expected earnings growth, high single digits, sales growth, mid to low single digits. Um, You know, again, is there going to be margin improvement? Is there going to be the ability to kind of pass through some inflationary pressures through? That was one of the bull stories um, for the Walmart, right, over the last couple of years, in spite of inflation, they're basically benefiting from that. What, 50% or so of their sales come from groceries and the like here, guys? What's your take on this? I just don't see this much like some of the tech stocks that are trading at tippy top valuations and all time highs. I just don't see this one as like a meaningful ability to break out and then really go much higher. Well, when that.
0: you say break out, I don't think it's going from 169.5 to 180 in a straight line yeah. on the back of earnings. I agree with that. But can this stock continue? to sort of do that grind that it's done now for the last few years, sort of lower left, upper right with some sell offs in between. Absolutely. So, I mean, I don't see any compelling reason to get out of this name if you're long. And if you haven't been in it, you see what they say after earnings and you hope you get a pullback, which, by the way, you've seen a number of times over the last few quarters when they report, you know, the stock does have a propensity to sort of sell off and then sort of garner back steam. Valuation, yeah, it's probably rich to the broader market, probably deserves it. Um, If they can improve margins a little bit, that's always a story. You know, that obviously is very beneficial to the company. I don't think there's any compelling reason. To get out of it, if you're long right now, I think you sort of stay the course in Walmart.
1: Yeah, let's pull up the XRT, the ETF that yeah. tracks the um, the retail space. And this one is kind of interesting to me. So here we are. We're making basically new 52-week highs um, today. Let's pull it out a little bit um, for like a five-year chart or so. It looks a lot like what, the, the Russell. I oh, mean, it's the go. same chart. I mean, that. if
0: you look at it, that made XRT made an all-time high. I want to say no, early November 2021, probably north of 100 bucks, like maybe 103, 104 or so. Amanda can pull that. There's your line. Mm-hmm. So, and since then, this is the same exact chart as, as the as the Russell. I, mean, I don't know if it's coincidence or not. You know, I can't speak to why that is, but if you look at it, that's exactly what's happening. So, in this one, much like you need a close above sort of 205 or so in the IWM, I think in order for this to sort of get on its horse you probably got to get a close above like 74 and a half ish. We're right there. Yeah. Effectively. So that's your level. That's your line in the sand in the XRT. Maybe
1: uh, Amanda can pull up the constituents of the XRT It's kind of interesting. So this is basically like an equal weighty sort of um, ETF, which I like the construction of it. It gives you a much better ability to kind of get um, exposure to um, you know, the sector without like a, a heavy reliance on a few names, like the consumer discretionary ETF, the XLY is very heavily Amazon and home Depot. Mm-hmm. And I think, tesla is even there too but look at the largest holding of this one i they,
0: bet you it's leslie's what is right. it? it's abercrombie but i was close oh look at me
1: yeah you're very close but pull up this abercrombie sure. put on it that's uh, why they that's they, why are they using ai to like design the, the sort
0: of yeah uh, well you know. i mean if you think about it carvana has been a part of this as well but the abercrombie and fitch is basically you know done yeoman's work to keep this thing and, and i get so it since you know, it's may god father's abercrombie and fitch but this thing's gotten a little ridiculous right. well, as well so,
1: so let's look at a one year and then a five year it's pretty astounding like this when this stock gapped up last may okay i mean you just could have ridden this thing the whole way man all-time like,
0: high today so it's absolutely amazing um and good. the move you know you talk about parabolic moves this is a retailer i mean this was a stock that in last spring was trading 24 dollars yeah it's trading $120 now. I mean, people can do that math and see what kind of, you know, basically, again, it's been a parabolic move to the upside. And maybe it's justified in terms of the fact that they turn things around. But you, you hate to see moves of this magnitude because they typically don't end all that well. This, you know, almost by definition, this is gonna run
1: its course. You know, what's really interesting about this though, guys? So there's a six billion dollar market cap. They have a six hundred and fifty um million dollars in cash and they have one point one billion um in debt. And you know, like I'm just gonna just as a comparison stake, I'm gonna throw Macy's in there. Okay, that's letter M. That's how it comes out, guy. And this is, you know, a market cap of five point four. And they have, you ready for this? Basically, 365 million in cash, but they have 6.2 billion dollars in debt. Right. So if you just look at these two companies and like look look at their kind of cap structures, you say to yourself, "Well, one, you know what I mean? Like, you know, if you you know has a lot of leverage because of that like that debt, and there's a potential. I know there's is, is there is there activists in this? They're talking. They're always talking about restructuring well, and selling off yeah. some of the you know that that sort of thing. But to me, one story seems a lot more sustainable than the other, if you will. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Um, makes perfect sense, but you know, look, Abercrombie and
0: Fitch is his own animal. We mentioned the XRT, given where it is on the chart, you know, if, if ANF gives it up and I'm just quickly looking, I want to see you probably have in front of you. I'm going to look myself. They report on March 6th. So they're, you know, they're a couple weeks later. We'll see how that plays itself out then. Yeah. You know, they got to do again. You're talking about a company now, maybe 6% EPS growth, maybe, and lower than that in terms
1: of revenue growth for Abercrombie and Fitch. Yeah. So
0: it's getting itself right before our eyes. It got itself pretty expensive.
1: All right, last thing before we get away from retail, let's pull up that Walmart chart again. Implied move about 4%. I think it's important to remember that stock had a big gap last time. And generally when you see stocks like Walmart, and if we can kind of pull this thing back, maybe five years, remember that gap in 2022 um, guy? Yeah, um, and,
0: that was their inventory problem. Yeah, yeah and, you know, like a lot of
1: times these are not like one quarter sort of things, you know, this stock, you know, being down 8% last quarter, you know, to me, three months later, I'm fairly shocked that it's back at a new all time high. And if you're looking at 4% implied move, well, if you want to buy the at the money put or the at the money call and define your risk that you're risking about 2%. So like, to me, I think that sets up pretty decently the Feb 23, with a stock at like 169 and changed, you know, the 67 and a half, put is a little less than three bucks or something like that so i don't know i mean let, we'll take a closer look to it well, oh you won't have a chance actually so uh because that's tuesday yeah but
0: you know listen today's thursday we're not on tomorrow yeah. but yeah i mean it's something to look at for sure i mean again walmart to me is danny moses talked about walmart years ago by the way we're dropping a podcast on friday oh yeah we are
1: the on the tape podcast the on the tape Oh, podcast. this is like a bang up. Well, yeah we it's two pretty awesome interesting guys. right because yeah. we
0: should we are you allowed to say who it is or of course is we could tease Will it we sort of breaking down the fourth wall or something. No, I mean we're actually just teasing. Vincent him. Daniel, oh, yeah, and Cameron Diaz. Dawson, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding around. I was thinking to Cameron Diaz for
1: some reason. Listen, I mean, you are an elderly, well-meaning man. I like Cameron that Diaz. sometimes has moments. A, 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 no, that sometimes has a bad memory.
0: No, I I knew who it was. You see Cameron, where
1: I was going with this though? No, the elderly, oh, oh, well-meaning. Oh, 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 you are well-meaning, oh. by the way. For anyone thinks yeah, that no, you're I taking am. a crack at you know somebody, some team, a Mets fan. By the way, Vincent Daniel is about as big as Mets fan, I know.
0: and he knows. And I'm a huge Yankee, fan. and I respect. It's not that I don't. No, respect you don't the respect. Fan base. You I do just, not. You know, I don't respect the
1: franchise. You do not respect the fan base.
0: It's interesting. I've been talking about Pete Alonso. Not he's he not going to be a Met the entire year. No. And all of a sudden, I was reading something this week about Confirms him moving to favorite. the Cubs. They the don't cubbies. want him. Yeah, I don't know why they don't want. There's something more to that story. Yeah, he's a friggin' goofball, is what it is. And Hockman's—he's a Met fan. He's probably getting all exercised Hockman. in there. Hockman. There's all
1: something right. wrong with with Alonso. that was my bad. I got into that. that so we have a great pod tomorrow morning. Vincent Daniel. Yep. Okay. Cameron uh, Dawson and Cameron Dawson. Um, let's look at this headline. This is this is, this so is right weird. up my alley. I mean, this thing got you. You put I, it out. By the way, this is something we're doing every day. Let's flash it up the Instagram. The guy great. Adami is Guy Adami. Oh, look at these guys. At Instagram, we have the at-risk reversal media. I am Dan's Nathan. That's mm. Dan as Nathan. B-N-S. And look, look at all those other places you can follow Market us for our content. Media. But every morning, Timmy's putting out something that you and I are focused uh-huh. on. This was your focus here. So let's go to this
0: thing. Well, so, I mean so follow us here. Yeah, so Stan, so Stan Druck and Druck and Miller. Yep. I always have to be careful because sometimes you, you put the end in the wrong place. And then people at you. And then people at me. So yep. I want to get the pronouncer yep. correct. Yep. He's a legend in our world, yep. without question. And this I don't know where this came from, but obviously, he's keeping NVIDIA and Microsoft. He's done extraordinarily well. He got out of Google. That's something you can talk about. But he bought Newmont Mining. Yep. And pull up a Newmont Mining chart, because this has been grim death now, NEM, for a long period of time. And it's fascinating that the gold market is within a whisper-ish yep. of its all-time high. The stock market is clearly at an all-time high, effectively, Yet Newmont Mining is trading at levels we haven't seen probably in the last four or five years. So obviously there's something amiss in the gold miners, but he sees something here. So again, I say this all the time. You don't have to agree with these people, but you have to listen to what they have to say. And when somebody like that does something like this, I'm taking notice. I think to me it says, one, he thinks the entire space is cheap, which I agree with. And two, he probably thinks there's more room to the upside in gold. And that makes sense given some of the things that he said about the economy over the last
1: couple of years. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, it's funny though, and that's a really good point. And again, you mentioned the fact that if you guys could mock up a 10-year chart of this new mount, that would be helpful too um, right now. But, you know, listen, you know, a lot of these folks, and we've talked about it on Market Call before. You know, like you and I, we we stop everything when we see a Paul Tudor Jones or a Stan Miller mm-hmm. or a whole host of other of, of these guys who we grew up like knowing as legends when we started in the business. You know what I mean? So, but you know, they also get things pretty wrong. Yeah, too, no, look, you know because I mean? it's no, like, no, no, yeah. I don't mean on a single yeah. name. I mean just like the macro stuff. And you said something I think is really important. So, like this one's kind of easy. Let's let's toggle back between the chart that you guys oh, just had for you bingo players. Okay, toggle. There you go. But like, look at that. OK, and now toggle forward. OK, so 30 was that five year low on a 10 year basis. 30 is kind of important. Mm-hmm. If you were to buy the stock here, now it's up a buck today. It's trading at 3319. You know where your stop is. I mean, it's 30 bucks and don't try to make if you want to follow, you know, stand into this trade. It's not a trade for him. OK, but if you're saying 30 is the stop. You know, set it at twenty nine ninety nine or whatever, whatever it it is, is. whatever it is. But like because if it breaks there and there's a fundamental reason to do that, well, there's no technical support for another ten bucks. Right. So like that's how I'd be thinking about this. And maybe it's also one of those stories where look at that most recent high. Let's let's toggle back to the five year. It was like eighty five and change. Right. But like, guy, it was trading forty three dollars. In December. So here's what I would be doing. If I'm buying the stock here, I may be selling. Where's that 200-day moving average? I'm selling calls. Short dated, mm-hmm. maybe every couple months out five, seven percent or something like that. So I'm taking in a bit of a, um, a, you know, a synthetic div, as you like to call it. You know what I mean? By the call sale. And I own this thing, but I'm going to be vigilant about that thirty dollar stop level.
0: Forget about that. Um, Eighty five high. So go to the January 20 high, Amanda, which is right there. Wow. And you can draw that downtrend and you see the downtrend is effectively going to come right in where the moving average is. And you can see where I think the take profits levels are. Now you got to move over a little bit to the, I'm sorry, January, 2023 level. So that's one trend line. I would draw that other one, Amanda, right there. So you can see the downtrend line. You can see where we should trade up to. And I think the dance point, you're basically looking at the moving average in terms of maybe selling your calls against it. So I think in terms of a trade, yeah, I would follow him in. I think he's trying to tell you something. I think the levels speak for themselves, the 30 stop. You're taking profits probably, you know, right around 40, is that 45-ish or so? Yeah. Makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. One last thing too, and we we talk about balance sheets, right? I mean, so here's a company right now that has a $38 billion market cap. It's got $3.2 billion in cash. That's down from 375 last year. And they have $6 in debt. So so like, for instance, this is not a balance sheet that's totally out of whack. And it looks like they're retiring a little debt maybe in the last year or so, $200 million. Um, so again, like, you know, you think of like some of these sorts of, you know, industrial mining plays, leverage to commodities. They have a lot of leverage. This one mm-hmm. looks okay, man. And we just like gave you the levels and stand the man's in there. So yeah. I'm not saying this is not a table pounder, but you like gold and you highlighted the fact that when gold was raging for a whole host of reasons, and it's right back at those levels. This stock was a lot higher, no doubt. Barrett Gold will pull up a quick chart, similar
0: in terms of support levels. The numbers are different, but the chart looks the a- same. Yeah, you like that's like a ledge up. Like what song. you did there, I like. What you uh, did so there you go. That's just that. Now we got to get into some of this open AI stuff because yeah, we do. Google is a name that you've talked. There's, I love Google. Listen, there's a lot of things to like about Google. Valuation is compelling, but every once in a while, it does some really weird things to the downside. Wait, do you might- mean
1: Alphabet? Huh. Do you mean Alphabet? I mean Google. Oh, okay.
0: So it's like somebody got pissed off. No, apparently Elon Musk is pissed off at uh, Stephen King because Stephen King still calls Twitter, Twitter. It will always be Twitter to us. Yeah, I mean, it's just,
1: I'm sorry. It's just, you know. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the Google. The headline, it came from the information. You see it there. Open AI, that's obviously the outfit run by Sam Altman that Microsoft has invested $13 billion in and they basically have a, a pole position for their large language model and, and they're integrating that in Bing, they're integrating it in the Microsoft Copilot and so they Microsoft has set its sights on the alphabet, on Google as, some, as some like to call it here and we've talked about the underperformance in this name. Uh, they have not gotten their own large language model that was barred last year, now it's Gemini Advanced. I actually really like it and I can Make a case, and I think I've probably done it on our pods. That for me, I don't have any Microsoft products. I use Apple products and Google software products. Okay? I have the, ma- the mouse, don't they? Make you me? have a Microsoft hardware mouse. That's that was a, the thing. That's fine. Sorry. Okay. So, guy has that, um, and he also still uh, accesses the internet through AOL.com. Um, you say it, that like there's something wrong with it, that's but but my point network. is, is like the Microsoft is interesting. They are going for Google because they recognize that again. If you're not an enterprise user of their products, the likelihood that you're gonna be using them in your personal life because they don't have hardware, they don't have all this stuff, it's not great. So they are gonna go after search. They're gonna go after trying to bust out some of these open AI products that are gonna be coupled with their own products and they're gonna to try to get consumer usage of that. So look at what's going on with Google. Okay, we talk about Microsoft and the valuation there, $13 billion investment, and they basically gained a trillion dollars in market cap over the excitement of what they're Microsoft, able to do amazing. with that, right? So Google, it's trading at 20 times this year, 21 times, 18 times next, expected EPS growth on a gap basis, 17% this year, 15. That's pretty cheap, right? If really? Think in this world? That's on like- revenue growth of 12% and 16%. So. They are being left out of this game. A lot of folks, yeah. whether they be investors or analysts or whatever, look at where the stock is right here. We saw the gap after earnings. It wasn't particularly great. Two consecutive gaps. It's sitting right on that uptrend guide. That's just the technicals. Who gives a crap? We totally, the the, the fundamentals, um, you know, look to be challenged, but despite good valuation. Where are you on this one? Because if they start getting any steam going, this is the Microsoft and the open AI, okay, and maybe just open AI. Stock's going lower, guy.
0: I mean, I don't want to use existential threat because that's a bit hyperbolic, but it's clearly a threat to their business model. And I think that's the reason it's trading at the valuation that it trades. Google, do a longer term chart, Amanda, and you'll see the level that we just traded up to, I think, 153 and change. I mean, yeah, we breached that prior high in November of 2021, but you know what? not by much. And if we start to roll over here, like we clearly are doing, yeah. what does that look like to you, Dan Nathan? So you see the massive
1: double in top guy. Dan. Yeah. I mean, and that's what we're doing it's, it's there. Not,
0: it's not trading well mm. in an environment where quite frankly, on a number of different levels, it should be. So that's a bit of a tell here.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Um, okay. Well, let's, uh, let's move on to the, 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 the behemoth that would be the Nvidia. And mm. so this one is an interesting story to me. Um, you know, we, we highlighted this on on, yeah, on the tape this summer. I'm going to look for that tweet. Yeah, look so, at that thing. Wow. Okay, so trillion dollars of market cap, and and I made this point. You know, Look where that 200-day moving average is, guy. It's right. Uh, it's very going to be near by the time we probably get to earnings, that breakout level, right? So we talked about that May quarter last year. They um, announced a huge beat and raise, and they kept on doing beat and raises, but interestingly enough, guy, over the second half of the year, the stock was very range-bound because the amount, of the beats and the raises were kept on decelerating, right? They kept, on, they were still like amazing, but it wasn't until early January that the stock broke out and kept on going. And a lot of people got excited about what their customers were gonna say, what their competitors were gonna say, and everything like that. So as we head into the quarter, and we'll definitely preview it Tuesday and Wednesday, but I think this is interesting. Now, here's another part of the story that you and I have highlighted on the tape with Danny Moses, this was back in the summer. We highlighted it a couple of weeks ago with Jim Chenos when he was on market call with us. Let's flash this screen up. There was a a, a credit analyst over at Barclays who mm-hmm. had a report out that said, sell NVIDIA. He was talking about vendor financing. You had this great quote from Scott McNeely from back in the day, talking about the multiple sales, talking about where they were and talking about back in the time, this was not for McNeely, but they were also doing the same things. A lot of these telco companies, they were investing in the ecosystem and then those companies that got the cash for them were going back, this is Sun Micro, and buying the very servers that they were selling. As soon as things down. As soon as there was more competition, so some of these companies that were funding, and you can read this all right there, we'll put the full article in the show notes, they went out of business. And then their biggest customers, I was looking at this S-O-U-N today, okay, mm-hmm. this is SoundHound. Look at this thing. And I was looking at this on Bloomberg. They were listing all of their customers, and there were many, okay, but there was one supplier, and that supplier was NVIDIA. Okay, Now, NVIDIA is a shareholder of this company. Fine. Good on you, NVIDIA. You should be doing that. But understand, let's go back to the NVIDIA chart now. When you are getting all of this appreciation in the stock market because of the ownership of the market that you have, and then you are funding that market, and those companies are turning around buying your products, if things go bad, they get doubly or triply bad for you, guy. Well, (laughs)
0: There's nothing wrong. um, We're not saying anything illegal is going on here, but if you think about what's happening here and then you sort of play it out, yeah, it poses a bit of a problem. And the quote that I was talking about, and I just sent it to you and Amanda, maybe we can put it in the show notes or up on the screen. In terms of the technicals, this is from an account that I think we both follow, the great Martis. There it is right there. I'll read it. NVIDIA, weekly above the upper Bollinger band, failure rate is 100% the following week the snapback will be brutal. This is just technical. So you can say what you want about it. Technicals are all bullshit, hocus pocus. That's fine. You can look at it and see for yourself. So just keep all the things that Dan just said in mind, and then obviously look at this technical setup and keep that in mind as well.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, again, we'll spend some more time on this next week because, again, I can't put too fine a point. I just think this is like the Super Bowl for the stock market um, in Q1. All right, last thing. Here's a name. This is guy. John Deere. John Deere, you know, I said I don't know who I said it to, maybe Amanda, you know, one cat looks one way, one deer looks the other, what do you want from me? Yeah. Look at look at what's look at what's well, going on with Caterpillar's this
0: Caterpillar's been a monster. It's been a monster. And the- Deere and Company not so much. What's going you on mean, with Deere? You
1: well, highlighted this yesterday because you thought this was
0: important. European softness number 1, right? And then softness and velocity in North American tractors. So this is again, this speaks to economic conditions, right? And this speaks yep. to obviously end users. It also speaks to in inventory buildup. And again, you know, we've been trying to highlight some of the things below the surface that are troubling. Well, it's front and center right here in terms of the John Deere report. And I am mean, it's not saying trade Deere from the long side, short side. That's not our point. I bring it up because of the importance to, I mean, this is a very economically sensitive name, clearly. And they're obviously telling a much different story than the broader market is telling right now. Yeah,
1: let's just pull up that that cat chart um, because I do think it's kind of interesting um, just to see just the you know the divergence between these sorts of things. And, and listen, you know, there's a lot of dispersion in the stock market right now. You know, like look, like McDonald's last week mm-hmm. was uh, having a difficult time after its results. Let's pull up Shake Shack S H A K. You know what I mean? Like this one is busting out to new um, fifty-two week highs. Um, you know, so, you know, a lot of that going on, a lot of opportunities to make money if you're doing the work and you're digging in and it's not just a layup that you can just kind of throw a dart and buy things right now. Lots of things are going up indiscriminately and you're getting paid to take risk, at least on the long side, when you get the story right. But on the downside, there's plenty of instances like, you know, like, look, look at Twilio today. You know, you could say, oh, I'm sure they said AI on their call like a million times last night. Stock's down 15%. You know what I mean? It's trading. Through its moving average, it had that steady ramp. that You know, people were just buying things indiscriminately. So um, that is going to change uh, a little bit as we get further into the year, in my opinion. All right, Guy, we got is one last that, thing to do, and this is an important one. Is it Butters? It's Thursday.
0: Go ahead. You say it, and then I'm going to say it. Then we'll do the little thing. Because you like to say the thing. Well, well I won't do it. Say you know thing. what? Because all the bingo players are waiting for it. I'm not going to say really? it. Really? So
1: we're done doing that? Is that but what's if it's going Thursday, on? it's Butters. All right, So here's... <laughs> So I, had to do it. it was like the Pavlova. Well, here's response. here's the thing, you know, we have a great partner, and that is of uh, the FactSet. We're going to be down at their Focus FactSet yeah, event. Yeah, that's in coming late up April. end of April. That's going to be awesome. You know, Liz is going to be down from us. We're going to be down with us EY in Miami. From SoFi. We're going to be doing a very very special market call from down there. You and I are going to be doing some breakfast kind of market call sort of things, getting all the folks set up because the the the, the people there are FactSet users from you know investment companies, financial services companies, big and small. And they are ones like us who are very dialed into the markets and what's going on. So we're going to keep people dialed in as they meet with a lot of the great FactSet guests that they have down there and a lot of the market participants who are going to be um, on the stage. And you and I are going to be two of those sorts of peeps. All right, let's talk about what Butters is getting to right here, because I think um, this is sort of interesting. So we get a preview of the Earnings Insight blog there. You can have it in your inbox here. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, you get an insight.factset.com slash subscribe, so every Friday morning, John Butters, he is the Senior Earnings Insight um, Analyst over there, drops this, and so here, what we're talking about, Guy, um, at the moment, as we're getting through um, earning season, S&P 500 revenue growth on a five-year basis. The blended rate, that's actual plus estimates revenue growth rate for the S&P 500, for q 4 is 3.9%. This growth rate is below the five-year average of 6.9%, the 10-year average of 5%. It will mark the 13th straight quarter quarter of year-over-year revenue growth, which is the second longest mm-hmm. streak since 2008. So it's the second longest streak of revenue growth, but it's below the five and 10-year averages, guys. So what is that speaking to you? What is Slow that down. saying to you? I mean,
0: it speaks to, the, to what we've been talking about all along. It's a slowdown. And, so listen, you can mask a lot of things with stock appreciation, but one of the things we've been talking about for a while is, and look at this chart, a lot of this is just mo- a lot of the stock moves you've seen on the back of multiple expansion. It's not because revenue growth is there, mm-hmm. it's not because earnings growth is there. It's because will people are willing to pay more for $1 worth of earnings in a meaningful way. Yeah. So when you see this you're like people are saying, you know what? I get it. I see the numbers doesn't matter. We should be able we should be paying a multiple a higher multiple for the United States because everything else going on in the world, United States is obviously the best in breed. Maybe that's true. Maybe the US does deserve a higher multiple. When you see things like this, Yes, you're seeing revenue growth for 14 consecutive years. Is that 13 consecutive years? But it's markedly below, obviously, the five-year average and the 10-year average. The 10-year average, which is probably more important.
1: Yeah, so I think this is really important. So analysts also project year-over-year revenue growth for all Four quarters of 2024, eight of 11 sectors are reporting revenue growth for Q4 2023, led by communication services. We get what's in there, okay? Yep. And they've been doing a lot Healthcare, of the- heavy. we get that. Well, yeah, so, so, so then energy materials and utility sectors are the only three sectors reporting uh, revenue declines for Q4 2023. So this is interesting, Guy. So we get what's in the communication services sector. They've been doing all the heavy lifting for the year-over-year earnings growth that we saw in 2023, and a lot of the expectation for still- 10% EPS growth, right? But energy materials and utilities, forget utilities, energy materials, they speak to the potential of an economic slowdown, right? So if those projections-
0: Materials certainly do. Yeah. 100%, yeah. I mean, yes. Again, this that chart, the one on your right as you're looking at the screen, speaks to the density or the or the, the basically how a couple different sectors are doing all the heavy lifting. We talk about them all the time. But then you start to- look below the surface and actually look at the numbers. And you're like, wait a second. This is obviously all being skewed by, again, 8, 10, 12 different names. And that's problematic because you can, again, you can look, you can focus on those names all you want, but it doesn't mean below the surface the damage isn't being done.
1: Matter of fact. All right, well, we covered a lot of ground. John butters, butters, he is our man. Um, you know, like, listen, I find that data all, you know, in the lead up to earnings season, he starts to try to frame earnings season and what people, what analysts are expecting. And then we get updates throughout it. And I think that's really important. And then here we are now, we're starting to kind of think about what are the expectations for full year 2024? And I think one thing that's changed since COVID guy, and I think you and I've remarked on this on many occasions, is that lots of companies, lots of strategists, um, they're less likely to get too far out in front of themselves here. They like to kind of use like quarterly sort of basis. Lots of companies have got rid of guidance all together. So I think the way John compiles a lot of the data, um, in this case blended, so it's the actual versus the estimates is pretty helpful too. So that's it. Love Butters. Yeah, he's the man. And he's going to be down there. Yeah, he is. We should put up, um, I don't know if the early bird pricing
0: is still in effect. I think it was Feb 15. Yeah, but they might have extended. Okay, but maybe Well, that's that. today, right? Yeah, or whatever. But anyway, it's there. So... That's going to be a great conference to attend. End of April into May Can't wait in Miami, not Miami Beach in Miami. We will be there looking forward to it. All the facts set folks will be there. And if you don't want to meet uh, me and Dan, I get that. But Butters will be there. Butters will be there. All and right. He might be signing like autographs and shit. Guy, we covered a lot. Butters right now, I think is in like was Michigan or something. No, he's I not. say that all the time. Why do you time. say that? I don't know. It's he so seems bizarre. Like it is bizarre. Um rangers play tonight i got to apologize to bill hockman i called him a met fan and obviously i'm mistaken he's not he's a lifelong yankee fan and that is about the worst insult you can give somebody calling him or her a met fan when they're not so i apologize to bill <laughs> i don't apologize to you folks by the way um terry duffy was on sarah's show yesterday
1: why not our show
0: Yeah, he He has the the same question. He's the president of the They reported earnings. I mean, I think you want to hear some of the things that he has to say, fascinating stuff, but that's it for me.
1: Yeah, that's it for me too.
0: Well, then we should say goodbye. We won't be here tomorrow. We're not here on Monday because it is a holiday, as you mentioned. Yes. But we'll certainly be here Tuesday. And as Dan mentioned earlier, next week is going to be a, you got to basically buckle up, folks.
1: Yeah. And by the way, for any of you guys playing along at home, I just did did get my, um, Neil young tickets. Whilst we were doing this. I can multitask. By the way, if you've
0: never seen Powderfinger live, powerful song. You can hear it on the uh, Live Rust album. We'll put that in the show notes. Actually, we won't. Amanda's done <laughs> with me. Uh, Powderfinger live is a, it's amazing. I've seen Neil Young a number of times. Big yeah, fan. You have done. And he's married to Daryl Hannah. Which we found out on yeah.
1: the set of Fast Money From the other me. night. Yeah, in the commercial break. Yeah. Tim and I had no idea. Yeah. Well, there you go. Okay.
0: We'll see you on Tuesday, folks. Good luck out there. Thanks.